This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Bill Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast, where we, for the last 243... <laughs> <laughs> podcast have been working through Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett's very simple investing strategy, mm. which if you'll manage to recall, Danielle, as, as we're learning this, it matters that you understand the business, that it has a big moat, that it has management you trust, and you buy it on sale. Yep. It's so, so simple. So simple. What would simple. they do the rest of the semester? What would we do for 240 podcasts? 40, 43, 44? Yeah, we're on 244. And all I can think is, we're slow. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're slow. That's the definition of us. <laughs> 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 I was just saying to somebody the other day that I think basically the theme of my life is that I get there, but I just get there late <laughs> with everything. <laughs> and I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I think oh, that's fine because I get there. Eventually, I learn I how to, to think about this. I have to think about this. You get there, but you get there late. <laughs> what flashed in my mind immediately was that time when we were building a house and I managed to pull over about 20 gigantic sheets of sheetrock on top of us. Oh, that, I wrote about that for the beginning of our book, Dad. I know. I was just thinking, you were so scared, and I was pinned against the stairwell with my leg pinned under this huge pile of sheetrock, and you were you were so scared, and then you were so brave, but it took a while, and then you went... You <laughs> so went, it took a while. You went, finally... Well, you went out to the road, and then that didn't work, and then you came back, yeah. I mean, you were like four and a half or five or something like that. Yeah. And then you got really brave and you went over to the farmhouse next door, which is quite a hike for a five-year-old. so scary. To a, to a people you didn't know. Yeah. And you got help and they got me out from under this thing. And it you got there. And that is, so that's been there for all that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Know, if you could sweetie. have if you could have an epitaph, I guess she got there, but she got there late. Isn't the worst thing that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just saying before but we your started. Epitaph, your epitaph is now, this is what somebody told me from Random House when I published my first book, is that from now on, on your epitaph, it will say, New York Times best-selling author. Oh, uh, okay. So that's pretty good. She New York Times best-selling author got there. But she got there early. <laughs> that's a, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think that's actually better than getting there early. I've always wondered how you deal with your life if you have peaked at 23. You yeah, know, like, right? Like the, no, you get really depressed is how you deal with your life. Like, I that's would hard. Think that's hard. You yeah. know, for actors or, or scientists. People or, who, or like people who are popular in high school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bruce Springsteen glory days, man. You're still singing about it when you're 60. 
yeah, clearly no, nothing, neither of us were popular wrong with in high there school. Late. Um, I think that it's a. It's, I think it's good, and I think you, you learn a lot. Yeah, but it's true. It's like I got married late. I learned investing late. I went to law school late. Like <laughs> you know, it happens eventually. You're finding your career at, at finding your, your I mean, career a little late. But the, you I would say you're you're not far off of my footsteps in this whole uh, you know late late to it. Although I, I don't, you know, it's like we've talked about Dharma before, and it's just like so interesting the things you have to go through. Yeah, if you're really kind of insisting that you get to a life that you really want. If you sort of insist on that, you're going to go through some changes. You're going to go through some struggles that take you to a place that isn't the final place. You know, you're, we've talked about it being like being on a river and the river bends and then you have mm-hmm. to figure out how to make the bend happen properly without crashing. And so, yeah, I, I, there's, there's a lot of merit in getting there late if, if you think of it in terms of dharma, it's like, man, so few people get there early because there's so much you have to learn hmm. to get there at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like that. I'm, I'm thinking that's that's the case. And sometimes I think when people think they know when they're young what they want to do and they get there and they're very successful at it, then maybe this, the mere fact of success keeps you from struggling into something else. Into yeah, something new. that's true. I think people sometimes talk about how they feel stuck in their jobs, and I've just never related to that because I don't know what it's like to just sit feeling stuck. I feel like I, I always at least move eventually. It took me a little while on the last one, but uh, eventually you, I sort of realize like, okay, this isn't working. I need to well, change it up. I mean, just watching your life progress as your dad, right? I'm I, I see a lot of similar things that happened with me in this one in this one idea that you're gonna get if you're if you're done with what you're what you did. Does that make sense? If you're, if done, you're done what with, you did? If you're done with it, whatever you've been doing, if you're done with it. If you're done with it. And you don't know that you're done with it, um, but nature is supporting you to move on, mm-hmm. you will suffer. Mm-hmm. You will suffer. So, like, w- when I hang on to something that is me as a river guide, let's say, I hung on as a river guide. And, you know, as it happened, I, I met, you know, my mentor for investing out on the Grand Canyon. But I, I think for most of that season, I was pretty not happy. You know, I'd gotten to a point where, as a guide, I would, I would you know, take these two-week trips. And, and you know, midway through, we'd arrive at Havasu Canyon which is this spectacularly beautiful, paradisical sort of place um, that you have to hike up to. You have to hike through a canyon about five miles. And I got to a point as a guide that I would basically point people up the canyon and say, go that way. It's really beautiful. Oh, gosh. And then I'd sit on my boat and read. Oh, and when you get there, it's time for a change. You're not you're not being a good guide. You're not you're not, you're not doing, happy to be there. You're not yeah. happy to be there. You know you you're, you owe your you owe your boss a lot more than that kind yeah. of behavior. Yeah. Right. Because there are people standing in line for those jobs that would be ecstatic to run up the Havasu Canyon and show everybody what it looks like. And I you know I'm sitting on my boat reading Larry McMurdy. You know, or something. <laughs> I mean, that is also like natural, you know, to you've been somewhere, what, a hundred times. The hundred and first is a little less exciting. Yeah. But it's a it's a good indicator that it's time for a change. Right. And and 
you start to suffer a little bit. You start to not be fulfilled or happy or at peace and, and feeling joy. And you're not feeling all of that. And mm-hmm. if you've ever felt it, you know what it feels like. And you know that that's really, I think the nature of humans is to be in that state. You know, it's like we should be in a place where we're really happy. We're really feeling fulfilled in what we're doing, even if we're in a struggle, mm-hmm. if we're doing what we should be doing. And I think that that drives me forward into, or that in the past has driven me forward into these changes in my life that, you know, you've certainly seen. Yeah, I, as, for sure. Yeah. So first from a river guide where you were just being born, um, making this change into being an investor apprentice and then being an investor and being successful at it and then kind of quasi retiring, you know, mm-hmm. and going off to meditate and, and just hang out and, uh, study acting and oh my god what else did I, I wrote screenplay I, you know did a lot of karate i remember <laughs> did that. a lot of karate <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly Wadu ryu karate right on yeah and um and now this yeah. whole like crazy you know teaching people about investing and teaching me about investing what a yeah what a ride yeah it's it's been a, a great ride and and i you know, I've sort of arrived at this uh, at this place where I, I truly, truly love investing, and I truly love teaching it. It is. Yeah, I know just you do. It's so awesome. Phenomenal. I feel so really amazed that I get to do this, and um, once a once a month, I, I, and I have so we've trained so many people now to help us coach all of the people who are who are continuing to want to learn this style of investing. And those people want to be up there teaching. Hmm. I, I have to fight for a slot <laughs> in, my, in my own three-day educational program. I'm like, and and some of these some of these people are better teachers than me at, at some of the things that they're teaching about because, hmm. you know, I taught them coming from my perspective, just like I taught you, and you have become such a great teacher. Aww. Having learned it from your own perspective and then able to teach it. It's, well, it's and I really love writing about it. Like, that's what I discovered through writing our book is I, I just, for me, like the process of writing is so helpful and good discipline. And so doing my biweekly newsletter has been just so good for me to really like work through my practice and my process. And, um, and now the course is out, which, um, has gone really great. So yeah, it's been just a crazy, <laughs> crazy ride. <laughs> it's a crazy ride. I think, you know, for me, obviously, and I'm, I'm what, 71 now. And so I'm, I'm pretty deep into what this life is about now. Mm. And I don't see, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm really pretty blissed out. I'm really pretty amazingly joyful most of the time, you know, that of what I'm doing is just right on the money. And I'm really intrigued that, you know, a guy like Warren Buffett, uh, who has been the best and most successful investor in the world, and who has taught many of us how to invest thousands, if not millions of people how to invest. You know, as when someone asked him what is, he wanted his legacy to be, he said he wanted to be known as a great teacher, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. It's one thing to be known for a guy who made a lot of money. Another thing to be known as a person that brought that back to the people. 
Yeah. It's a classic hero's journey. It's a classic Joseph Campbell go out and and uh you know go away from your people and and discover uh and go through all sorts of hardships and and hmm. you know find the sword and bring it back and you know you're slay not, the dragon. You and Buffett are not the only ones who have thought of that. It just reminds me of Ray Dalio uh talking about why he wrote Principles and he said essentially the same thing. He didn't have to and could have chilled with his business and was incredibly happy and just discovered that um, when people started downloading the like PDF that he had put out on the website, um, I think thousands and thousands of times, he actually started to get a lot of joy from talking to people about it in a way that he hadn't expected. And so, I mean, he's been private for 30 years as an investor and really just in the last few years has come out as a more like public person who's doing interviews and stuff uh, in connection with the book. And, and I just remember listening to this podcast with him where he just sounded so surprised. He was like, so I have social media now and it's actually fun to hear from people. (laughs) (laughs) And he actually also referenced Joseph Campbell, which is what made me think of it. It's like this. Oh, he did. Yeah. He talks about his life in, in a couple of acts, which now I'll get wrong because it's been a number of months since I've listened to him talk about it. But it's, um, I think he says like something like the first act is you're learning from others and you're just trying to soak up as much information and knowledge and, um, and trying to grow yourself and find your place as much as you can. And then the second part is you're supporting others and you're, you know, I think he became a father, he had a business, so that's how he saw it is he was developing himself, but also developing others and, uh, and being a real supporter and mentor and and sort of having that symbiotic relationship. And then the third act is where he says he is now, um, which is giving back, which is you don't have to be the breadwinner anymore. You don't have to even be the support. You could just go away and retire and never talk to anybody again. But you could also give your knowledge, you know, as much as you can and as much as people want to hear it. Um, and And really sort of lean into that side of, of, of giving your knowledge to the next generation. And so that's what he decided to do, which, you know, it's a heck of a lot of work to write a book. And it's yeah. a lot of work to do publicity, I can tell you. It is, yeah. for yeah. somebody who's a private investor, it is not always the most fun thing to do. And I think he, you know, he kind of referenced that, that it's a totally new thing and maybe not always his favorite, but he really found a lot of joy in putting the information out there and hearing people's feedback. And I think um, I, maybe because I've been through it, I really related to him talking about that. I think you've certainly been on that, that sort of hero's journey. I mean, what we're talking about here is, is Joseph Campbell, who wrote, um, I don't remember the name of the book, but it was about in the 1940s, um, wrote a book about an archetypal story of a hero. Wasn't it that, called The Hero's Journey? I think it was. It, it, well, it's, it, yeah, maybe the book was called The Hero's Journey. And certainly the, the uh, archetype is, is The Hero's Journey. And, and he dug it out of all the myths of, over time, you know, over all sorts of different cultures. And boiled it down to a, basically a, a, a dozen steps or so that someone goes through. And it, I get a big kick out of looking at it sort of through the lens of Star Wars, which was classic. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, the hero the, with a thousand faces is the hero one that with a thousand faces. And and that's the one Dalio talks about too. And this was widely reported at the time when when uh, George Lucas came out with the first Star Wars that he had used this model uh, to 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 build the story, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker's story, and it, it, it is so interesting. I mean, it starts with a with a person in the ordinary world, and Skywalker is, of course, on this planet off in the middle of nowhere called Tatooine. And then, then the next step is there's a call to adventure from nature. And that in, in Star Wars is the plea from a princess, right? That's in R2-D2 or right? The little guy with beep, 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 like that thing. Yeah. So he puts out this plea from a princess to be rescued. And then the hero in the story refuses the call, right? Basically explaining that do. this isn't me. Yes. Yeah. I'm not this investor. I'm not that, right? I'm not this hero. And then a mentor shows up, in this case, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, and basically the story moves forward where the, the, the hero has to cross the threshold. He has to leave the family behind and, and go out of your comfort zone, like leave the village, leave the people, leave, go away. Um, and then go through all kinds of tests. And, you know, in the Star Wars, he's, he meets Han Solo and he, the Wookiee and all the scary people in the bar. And mm-hmm. and then you discover your way out of your element. Mm-hmm. And it gets very scary. And you go into your innermost, <clears throat> darkest cave. And, and in Star Wars, that's, of course, me running into the Force and Darth Vader and all these tests that are going on. And then you have a supreme ordeal in this case where he rescues the princess with Han Solo, and then he realizes something about who he is. It's the, the hero's journey is to start to realize that you're a lot bigger than a farmer on Tatooine. You're someone who has the force in them, and then you choose to seize it. You grab that quality, and Luke you know, joins the rebels, trusts the force, goes back and blows up the, the big thing, and and he re- and he accepts who he is and starts this journey that becomes this huge Star Wars epic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that goes on and on. And, and when we look at this from from like you know the point of view of an investor, it's it's kind of like you feel this call to help yourself financially to try to get a freer life, a better life. And many many of us just don't accept that. I certainly didn't. You certainly didn't. No. Most of our students rejected it, that well, how, that can't be me. You know, that's definitely somebody else. And if you ask anybody in your family, they'd be happy to tell you it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the laugh of truth. It you is ain't true. no hero to me, baby, kind of thing, right? It's a lot of, you would do that? You would do that? You if would it do, was that easy, like everybody complete, would be doing it. If it was that easy, somebody yeah. else would be doing it. Exactly. But then you have a mentor in your life. And in this case, you had me. In my case, I had the wolf. And you somehow get pressured by your life <laughs> to jump out of the comfort zone. And... Uh, and for a lot of our students, that means they they take the leap of faith to come to the workshop and spend three days, and and that's a big or deal. Or they're man. doing the mostly invested course, Dad, just like or you. Or they're doing the mostly invested course. They're doing something that's out of the comfort zone, um, and then you go back home after taking this course and after learning that yeah, I can do this, and everyone is going to tell you you can't. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and um, and you and have these tests. And they will tell you. It's so you know what's so interesting in the midst of the mostly invested course is my course leading into uh, like how to get your practice going. It doesn't teach you the nuts and bolts of investing because my dad does an amazing job at that, but just to like get developed practice in your life. And in the second live call we had, I think, or maybe it was the first, people started asking me, you know, what do you do? When, it was the first, because they were saying, what do you do when people in your life are skeptical of this process and of spending time on developing investing practice? And you know, it's a sad question, but I was so happy to hear it because I had put an entire section into the course about what to do when people in your life are skeptical about what you're doing because I had been through it. And yeah. I and I literally, as I was writing that part and filming it, I was like, what if nobody except me feels like this is a problem? But I just felt like it was so important and it was such a huge stumbling block to me getting my practice going that I just felt like I had to put it in. And, you know, if it didn't work for people, fine. That didn't work for people. But it it was like something that they brought up on their own. And I said, well, you just haven't, you haven't gotten to that section. It's in a later week. So it's just, it's something that we all experience. And it could be family members, probably is. And probably it could be is. friends. And it can even be people you like meet at a party or something and they say, what are you up to? And you say, Oh, I've been like learning investing and they go, Oh, so what do you own? And you're like, uh, nothing. And then, and then they completely dismiss you because you don't own any stock, which is the dumbest thing ever. And just knowing that it's the dumbest thing ever shows how far, we've come as people with investing practices. So that experience is universal and, and, and nobody talks about it, frankly, in this process of, of developing practice and learning investing. So if everybody who's going through that, it's normal. We all, I don't know. Did you, oh, so I went through that. Did you go through that, dad? Oh yeah. I mean, when I'm sweeping up floors and cleaning toilets, I sort of wonder, what do you mean? You You weren't cleaning toilets when you were, yeah, I was. Wait, when after I was the scene? after the river. Yeah, the first year. You after were cleaning river, was, toilets. This is new information to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was like the bottom on the totem pole, and just cleaning up the bathroom and you know replacing the paper towels and trying to figure out how to learn this in an unstructured kind of old school apprenticeship. Mm. Right mm. where you know there's no. There's no structure to it. You're not going to college. You're you're with Merlin, and Merlin is sort of interested in you being, you know, better at this, but doesn't really have time. Yeah. That kind of feeling. Yeah. He's not he's not your dad, so you can't bug him. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's not my daddy. Yeah. And so that's a there you start to get into a question right away about what am I doing here? But what about you know? in, what about questions from other people? Cuz I I think you're somebody who this is my guess, you probably didn't even notice if there were any questions from other I people. I actually didn't notice. Yeah. Anybody yeah. questioning. You know, it's like my my mom and dad, your grandparents didn't have any clue about money you know, investing money at all. They, and both of them had come from families that were, you know, lower to, to middle-class families. And, 
you know, blue collar stuff on, on my, on your grandmother's side and man alive. It's, it's like, uh, you're talking Greek. I mean, you're, they don't even comprehend what you'd possibly be doing out there enough to even criticize it. It's just like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, off the deep end someplace. Hmm. So I never discussed it with them. There's no, no point to discuss it. Right. This just never came up. And and I think, I think the, 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 the real doubt for me where I really got in trouble was after I had successfully um, started investing and I ended up with people wanting to give me their money mm. to invest, I got more than I could handle. Mm. And I got scared that I didn't have a clue what I was really doing. And that took a couple years actually to work through. Uh, it came out okay in the end, right? But um, it can be, you know, fear There's... and doubt can come not only from people who are telling you you can't do it. It can come from being successful. Oh, that's very successful. interesting. Yeah. You See, there's a process head. I haven't gone through. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's not just success, though, because if, if it's your own money, then I think the feeling is like, yay, I didn't yeah, screw this it's up. It's kind of yay. <laughs> and typically, then, money doesn't grow so fast that you can't handle the Yeah. The but load. then when other people start putting, yeah, it's a whole new pressure. Yeah. It, it definitely is. And, and that, you know, then you have to overcome that. And mm-hmm. uh, and for, I think for most of you that are out there listening and, con- and contemplating this journey or you're on this journey, um, I, I you know, the, the old sort of statements are all true. It's like you just keep persevering. You don't give up. I mean, that's the hero's journey, right? The hero is the person that doesn't give up in the face of all of this innermost cave problems and, and mm-hmm. insecurity and uncertainty mm-hmm. and everybody pushing back. Because if you're on a path that, that's a good path, you will succeed at it. You know, we've talked about the Patel family from time to time uh, that, that built up this, you know, they own 40% of the hotels and motels in America now. Starting in 1960, they went from nothing to 40% of the hotels and motels in America. So this is an enormous hero's journey by an uh, Indian family called the Patel family that Manesh Pabrai writes about in his book. Um, uh, what's it called? Dondo the, Investor. Dondo Investor, right. Um, which is such a, an enormous hero's journey. And the, the thing about that journey is that if it's a good journey, you know, you're the force, Luke. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi knows that you have this in you and you just have to persevere to bring it out. And I, I know that same thing about you and your investing. I know you have it in you to do it. And the path is right. The path is mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. And it's been true for almost 90 years now. And so if you persevere, you will succeed and then you will become wealthy from your investing and have fulfilled a promise to yourself that I'm going to become financially independent. I'm going to be financially free. And then think about it. That becomes generational. Yeah. You then have the ability to pass this on to your children who won't listen to you until they're in their 30s. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because they have to find their own way of figuring Ultimately. out this crazy financial investing scary world. <laughs> That's right. And it's okay. It's okay to have setbacks. It's okay to have setbacks. Start right where we are. Yeah. And every one of you is on that journey. It's okay to have setbacks. You 
and you must go through the struggle. That is the point of it all. Is that, that the, <laughs> of this whole conversation? Is that you must go through the struggle? Yeah, we all have. I mean, no, nobody sitting up there at any level of success has gotten there without a struggle. Yeah, that's such a beautiful point. Because it, it looks like they have. Oh, yeah. Because like nobody right talks about the setbacks. Right. Why would you? You're successful. Why bring that right. up? But, <laughs> and, bring it up. And it makes it look like everybody just who is successful just got there like on a clear, open, wide path, no problems. And I, there is no way, like just, this is something I've really learned in my life as a sort of leaning towards middle age kind of person, which is terrifying to say. Um, everybody I know, like all my friends, people I've grown up with, come up with, have had huge setbacks and, you know, gotten fired from jobs, had companies go under, have divorces, like things are hard in life and nobody brings that stuff up. But when you go through it with, with friends and people who are really in your life for many, many years and you see how many people have those setbacks, you start, like I've started to realize this is how everybody is. This is just, Mm -hmm. this is not unusual. This is a hundred percent normal. It would be super weird to have somebody just flow through life easily. But when you're outside, when you're not like, you know, somebody who's close to somebody, when you're not in the inner circle and you're sort of seeing it from the outside, everybody makes it look like, oh, you know, I made that decision to leave the company or, oh, I, uh, I don't know what you would say about a divorce exactly, but like, oh, I left the cheating bastard. Thank goodness. You know, but really it's really hard. And, um, and, and we all go through it. And I think remembering that as to your point about setbacks, we all have them and and people just don't show them. No, they don't. And, and the truth is steel is forged in fire. Oh, nice one, dad. Yep. Steel is forged in fire. And you just, you just have to go through these lessons in life. And, and if you like, I think, I think Danielle believes this, and I know, I know I certainly do. Life has a purpose, like you're here for a reason. Um, and that reason may be just as simple as evolution. You're here to evolve hmm. and to get better and to become more in a state of union with the entire universe, right? To, to achieve this enormous, unbounded enlightenment, if you will. So, I mean, that, that you're, you're, you're going to have to become steel. You're going to, you're going to go through fire on each step of this way. And the joy is coming through it and, and getting to the other side of it. The joy is the journey. I mean, yeah. Which really, is truly really is. easy to say when you're feeling yeah. good about things. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was just thinking the same thing. I went, That's a bit, you know, that's, that's something that people say when they're sitting in their nice house having, you know, a nice fat bank account. I was exactly, I was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, the joy is also the bank account. Yeah, and yeah that's oh, for sure. It's God. nice to get there. I remember so one time you said, I think it was on the podcast, you said, um, you know, now that I've got like nice cars, I realize they don't really mean anything. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, 
except unless you have a piece of crap car that like, you know, doesn't start in the morning and you need it to get to your job and you can't exactly. trust it, then all of a sudden having that nice car that doesn't really mean anything sure means a heck of a lot. <laughs> and it's yeah, so I mean, easy to true? sit there in your like Mercedes being like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Well, like, you know, that's, those are both true. That's the paradox of life, I think. That's true. Is that those that's are true. both true. That's true. Like on one hand, that's why so, so many wealthy people are miserable. They, they, you're they right. know the no, value right. of all of that money and, and yeah. is, is not that much once you have it. Once you're comfortable, yeah. Because, because why? Because I think because nature is driving you to grow. And if you've gotten all these tools by having wealth and education and all this and you don't, you don't care, then let the pain begin because you're, you're about to be pushed out of the comfort zone. Mm. And part of that process is to have you not care about all these things that everybody else is, you know, working hard to get to. Hmm. Financial independence, financial freedom. Um, until that you use, uh, you just keep going through this process, through this sort of hero's journey, through the cycle over and over and over again. And it may be over and over and over again in the same life. I mean, honestly, I think I've been through this two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Of struggling, struggling, and then finding my way. And um, I guess the, the thing that makes that work is that there's purpose in life. And, and if you keep persevering, you'll feel that start to happen, that there's a reason for you to be struggling along like this. Maybe it's for your kids. Maybe it's not even for you, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to see ahead, but oh. breathe. Just breathe. Hard to see ahead. I mean, if you think about a journey from, let's say, the headwaters of a river to the ocean, and try to think what it must be like to see the ocean that you've never seen before, to imagine it, to hmm. be persevering on the journey for this goal that you can't get a grip on, mm -hmm. as some vague idea of, oh, I'm, I'm on a journey to enlightenment, just doesn't work. You know, hmm. there are very few people that could hold that um, well enough. And as a result, we end up with, my goal is to <laughs> go down this river, like to the next place right i'm trying to get to this you next know place. what you know to, exactly like it's just reminding me so much of this extraordinary book which if if uh, for me when i'm like deep in not goodness somehow this book helps me it's really weird lewis and clark's journey from missouri to oregon to the ocean that is exactly the way you just described it they had no idea what they were going to find. Every single day was a day they could die. And they had no idea how they were going to do it because they had no idea what was in front of them. And it just, I mean, it has nothing to do with investing at all. But that book is the story of the most incredible bravery every single day and just taking it as it comes. And there's, there's the Lewis and Clark Diaries, which are super good. And then there's Stephen Ambrose's book, which... I don't remember what it's called exactly, but it's Lewis Clark. Um, yeah, I have no idea what it's yeah. called, but uh, it's great. Yeah. And it's huge. Yeah. And I highly recommend that. Yeah. That I, story to make you feel like, you know, the challenges that we face in generally, like for first world problems, um, are not quite on the level of of life and death, usually. Un I, hope, I hope for you. Courage. Undaunted, Undaunted courage. courage. Yep. Yeah. And some of us are facing, you know, big illnesses and really tough stuff. And uh, just 
for me reading, I read that book like every few years and somehow just reading what these guys did and, and how they were able to just take it as it comes every day. Oh, it has always helped me. Such, such a good idea to read that. That's, that's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Now you reminded me to go read it again. I know me too. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh, it's about absolutely. time. And as we come to the end of the year here, which we wanted this episode to be kind of a year wrap up. And, and I think basically this conversation has been the most apt wrap up <laughs> we could have because this is what an investing is about life. This is what this, what this, um, this podcast, this an ongoing conversation between the two of us is about. And as we come to the end of 2019, which has been a very up and down year for me personally, it's been rough in a lot of ways with my health and with, uh, with launching new things. And it's, you know, it's been a lot and I'm looking forward to 2020, but I'm also reminded to be grateful for all those ups and downs. And I was just saying to a friend yesterday, like, oh, there were a number of goals I had this year that I really, I just didn't, it's not going to happen by the end of this year. And my challenge is like internally, I've been thinking my challenge is to accept that and just say like, okay, that's the universe didn't support me to get those things done this year. And that means I just need to, instead of like being really mad at myself about it, I just have to accept it and say, all right, that's, the flow of my life for whatever reason that I don't understand. And it's going to be next year and, and sort of That's moving good. through that and accepting it um, is something I'm working on these That's days. Good. Well, it's been, um, it's been a, a <laughs> it's been a journey and it's got ups and downs in it um, every single year. And I'll tell you, we just, Danielle and I both just wish you, you know, a very, very wonderful holidays, uh, whatever it is you're celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we wish you time with your family if, yeah. if that's part of something you can do. And we wish you enormous success as an investor um, creating this financial freedom for yourself. And, you know, we'd love to help you any way we can. So, um, and part of that is this podcast. So we just thank you very much for being part of this. We're very grateful that you are. Very grateful. Um, it gives Danielle and I a, a wonderful platform to spend a lot of quality time together. And we're very grateful for that. I we are very grateful for that. <laughs> so until uh, the new year, um, have a wonderful time out there in the holidays and uh, we will see you next year. We'll be back in the new year with lots of fun things. <laughs> time to go play. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information, including show notes and more episodes, visit us at investedpodcast.com. There's a special offer waiting for podcast listeners to attend my three-day investing workshop absolutely free. So just head to investedpodcast.com. Everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it.